0: Let it fall in this place, Jesus. Let it fall in my life, Jesus. We need your Holy Ghost, have your way, yeah, Jesus, Jesus, Thank you, Father. Thank you. We you, Jesus. But there's no God like you. Hallelujah. My mind goes to David. We know that David was a praiser. But we also know that the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. And what I think separated him from many is the fact that he knew how to praise God in the midst of circumstance. See, because a lot of times we want to praise him when we come out. But I want to suggest that God wants to praise while we're in it. Because when we're in it and we're giving him praise, it's showing God that we're not letting that circumstance or situation dictate who he is. Because our job is not to praise God for what he does, but for just who he is. Ah, glory to God. That means I'm not going to let no circumstance dictate the big God that I serve. That even though I can't see it with my own eyes, that because I praise him, I'm praising God and I'm pulling whatever he wants to do in and through that praise into my life. So that's why we ought to praise. The Bible said the praise is comely for the upright. The Bible declares that David said that I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. He didn't say that when I was well. He didn't say that when everything was going good. He he didn't say when I got a lot of money in my pocket. He didn't say when my family is, I don't have no family issues. But he said praise shall continually be in my mouth, continually, continually through the floods, uh, yeah, through the valleys, uh, uh, you through the mountains, I'm yet going to praise Him. I wish I had somebody this morning would just glorify God right where you are because I'm here to tell you that when you praise God, when you magnify Him, when you make Him bigger than your situation and your circumstance, understand that thing begins to shrink. Uh, because there's nothing that can stand before our God. So I don't know whatever uh, a minister Dantez that says that thing is going to get, God is going to get the glory out of that thing. I don't know what that thing is in your life. I don't know what you came in here with this morning. Hallelujah. But if you go ahead and push past that circumstance. Uh, If you go ahead and push past uh, uh, that financial issue, if you go ahead and push past how you might be feeling in your body, if you go ahead and push past the doctor's report, if you go ahead and push past what you went through last week, I guarantee God would show up and show out. I, I wish somebody would receive that on this morning and just give God a praise right where you are. Just give him a worthy praise. Give him a worthy praise. If you think that's enough, I I, I mean, give God a word of praise because he's a big God. Give God a praise like you want him to show up in your life, like you want him to destroy some yokes, like you want him uh, to break some bondages. Come on and make him big. Make that praise big unto your God. Come on, come on, come on. Make it big unto your God. Make it big, make it big, make it big. Shout unto your Lord with a voice of triumph. Ah, give God glory. Give him praise because he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy, he's worthy to be praised. And the little moseke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, come on. I ain't been fasting for nothing. I ain't been laboring before God for nothing. Ah, yep, yep, yep. Come on, come on, come on. Ah, yeah, you worthy. Hey, yeah, you worthy. You worthy. Ah, He's worthy to be praised. Worthy to be exalted. Worthy to be magnified. Ah, anybody love the Lord? Anybody love the Lord? Anybody love the Lord? Ah, yeah, a little more talking about another six. He's been good. I wish I had a witness. He's been good. Ah, he's been better than good. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the kind of God we serve. Ah, yeah. David said, "Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that He's good. That He's good. He's good in the morning. He's good in the noonday. He's good at night. I wish I had a witness in the building." Know just how good he is. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I feel like glorifying him. I feel like magnifying him because he's worthy. He's worthy. I'm not going to let a rock cry out for me. He's been too good. Ah, he's been too good. He's been too good. <laughs> ah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If I had a thousand tongues, it wouldn't be enough to tell God, thank you, 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 Anybody got a thank you in your mouth? Thank you. Yeah, glory to God. Ah, he's worthy. Oh, my God. Woo, glory to God. Ah, I didn't get out of bed for nothing. Uh, I didn't get out of bed for nothing this morning. I'm happy to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, He's been good. He's been covering me. He's been protecting me. He's been guiding me. I wish I had a witness in the building. Uh, Yeah, glory to God. I feel my help coming on. Oh, my body might be weak, but my spirit, I feel my spirit. Oh, shrinking, glory to God. And I can take a step past that adversity. I feel my help. Hey, yellow yeah. the Lord releasing some grip up in here. He's releasing some grip up in here. He's releasing some power up in here. Hey, glory. My God, my God. Hey, you're worthy, Lord. You're worthy. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. I don't know what you've been fasting for. I don't know what you've been praying for. But I hear God say, I'm releasing it. I hear him say, I'm releasing it. I'm releasing it. I, I hear him say I'm releasing it. I'm releasing it. Glory to God. I'm releasing it. I'm releasing it. Yeah, i to Oh my God. Oh ah, yeah. Oh ah, yeah. Oh ah, yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh my God. Uh, thank you father Mm. hallelujah amen amen hallelujah what an awesome God we serve amen he's a good God amen and we bless him on today amen happy to be in the house of faith on today amen we thank God come on and give our praise team a hand clap amen we thank God for them Amen, on today. Thank God for our band. Amen. All those that are serving on today, we thank God. Thank God. Amen for you on today. Thank God for our guests that are in the house of God. Do we have any first-time guests? I just want you to wave your hand if this is your first time. Wave your hand. Wave your hand. Amen. Amen. We're happy to have you. Amen. In this house. Amen. On today. Amen. We thank you that you chose to be at faith on today. We don't take it lightly. Thank God for those that are returning guests. We thank God for you as well on today. Amen. Thank God for those that will be joining us via social media platforms. We thank God for you. Amen. Who will be hearing this at a later time. Amen. God is good. Amen. We thank God for our first lady on today. Let's give her a hand clap. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father, we are honored today. We just thank you for loving us so much that you would come and visit us. Mm-hmm. What is man that thou are mindful of him? God, we thank you that you love us, that you continue to keep us, continue to guide us, continue to empower us with your Holy Spirit. We thank you for that. Thank you for allowing us this day, day that we've never seen before. You woke us up with our life health and strength the activities of our limbs ability of our senses and the mind or to know that we needed to be in the house of god on today not of a form or fashion but we just come to honor you for who you are because you're a great god so father as we've come god you said that you would no good thing from us so father we pray that you would meet us at our need on today god i pray that david may decrease that you may increase think through my mind speak through my mouth what thus saith the lord what your people need in this season of their life so that they could be everything that they called them to be. Father, you're calling us in 2024. God, you're calling us to acceleration, to elevation, and to exposure. So, Father, we thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for how you're preparing our hearts and our minds. God, for the great things that are yet to come. We give you glory and praise. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Look at somebody and say, I'm glad to see you on today as you take your seats. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. On today. Amen. Has anybody been enjoying this new series? Amen. Glory to God. Amen. We thank God. Amen. For this new series. This morning, uh, I get the opportunity to make our third installment. We thank God for our teens that have gone next door. Amen, we salute them, thank God for them. amen. I get to make the third installment in our series next week. Uh, we'll bring this uh uh series to a close um but we've been in this awesome series entitled Branching out and as I thought about this series, I kind of as we were what we're going to talk about today, I grew up in Raleigh, and there's not but a few of us left. <laughs> I actually grew up in Raleigh, but I grew up in Raleigh, and as a child, uh, we moved over near Glass-Cark. Uh Many of you may be, may be familiar with that area off of Nuvan Ave- Avenue. And we moved into our first house, and our parents moved into our, their first house, bought their first house, uh, and it was um, moved from a a place that they rented uh, over by the National Cemetery uh, and we moved over there and we, we purchased that house and I grew up in that house and I developed friendships uh, in the neighborhood. There was one uh, gentleman, a uh, young person then, that I grew up with and his name was Corey. I'm not going to give you the last name because you might know him. Uh, but his name is Corey and You know how it is that when you develop friendships and uh, friendships don't always stay congruent. You know, sometimes there's some challenges in friendship. You know, probably the older you get, there are more challenges. Uh, But, you know, there were some challenges as, you know, some things that he did that I didn't necessarily like as as a young person. And you know, back then, it was like, you know, I'm gonna get you. You know, I'm, I'm going to get you. Yeah, yeah, you know, we're not, uh, my, my grandfather used to call it, you know, we're going to become unbenefit. <laughs> um, you know, so me and him had become unbenefit. And this particular day, uh, I remember that we walked, we walked to school, went to Powell Elementary. And, you know, I told him I was going to get him. And uh, by the time we got out of school, I saw him running. Uh, He stayed five houses up from us uh, across the street. And it was a good little ways, and I took off running behind him, but I wasn't quite as fast as he was. Uh, So he was able to get to his house, and he was able to get in the door. And by the time he got in the door and closed the door, locked the door, I arrived. Couldn't get in because the door was locked. So, you know, thinking I'm big and bad. I knocked in the pane on the door. Um, I mean, it, this was you know the exterior doors that had the, you know, what, eight, probably eight or six panes in them. So I, I, I knocked in the pane. And, you know, after I knocked in the pane, I realized that I probably did something that I shouldn't have done. So I left. <laughs> <laughs> I left and uh, I was, when I got out of school, my, my aunt was keeping us and she stayed around the corner on Pepper, I believe. And so I went on around to her house. I made no mention of what I'd done. Um, got on home, you know, everything was kosher till the telephone call, till the phone rung. You know, not no cell phone, but you know, we had house phones back then. You know, those rotary phones, you know, those little dots phone. Uh, and I heard my mother talking to the other person on the phone, and she was like, what? (laughs) You know, I, I could tell her tone was changing. As I was looking at her, I could tell her demeanor was changing. And when she got off the phone, lo and behold, um, we had a conversation. You know, wasn't a nice conversation. Uh, wasn't a lot of words. That kind of conversation. You know, and parents always say that, you know, this is going to hurt you more than it hurts me. Yeah, how many have heard that before? (laughs) Uh, But that's not necessarily the case. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, she told me that every time she, until that thing was dealt with, until the pain was replaced, every time that she heard about it, she had to hear about it that I could expect to get a whooping. And not 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 these whoopings like we give today. Like the parents get today. You know, no no timeout. You know, no 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 one hit. You know, n- none of those whoopings that, you know, I, I got whoopings where, you know, you had to take off everything but your underwear. Oh, yeah. And somebody know what I'm talking about? Because they wanted you to feel everything. They wanted you to feel everything. My, my I mean, and, um, side note, my, my grandparents, they, they, they're they, dead and gone, rest their souls. So I can really tell this story. Is that they didn't whoop you with belts. They whoop you with extension cords. Yeah, yeah. And those things hurt. You know, I can remember as a child going to school and just, you know, wearing long sleeves because you want to wear long sleeves, but you feel that thing. You feel that knot, that whip, you know, that's up under there. But what I learned, you know, that many times it's often hindsight that you see how necessarily discipline was. I mean, I've got friends that have ended up in prison. I've got friends that have ended up on drugs. Uh, and sad to say, some that have ended up dead. Because they had no disciplinary in the home. No person in the home to direct them in the right way. Uh, so I, I, I've learned to uh, appreciate um, the discipline that I received as a child. Anybody, anybody appreciate the discipline that you received as a child? Amen. And what my mother was doing was Pruning. Her discipline was not meant to kill me, but it was intended to educate me. It was intended to point to wisdom. It was intended to guide me in the right direction. She was trying to stimulate new growth. Yeah, by cutting out the bad branches before they turn into bad habits and bad fruit. Uh, Yeah, parents, let me just side note today that you know, the Bible said it's okay to spank your child. Yeah, you, you, you spat a rod, you spoiled a child. The Bible is right. You know, whether we like it or not, the Bible is right. That when we do that, it helps guide, it helps bring instruction, it helps uh, deter things from happening in our life. So she was trying to remove bad branches to produce healthier fruit and better fruit. The writer of Hebrews tells us, Hebrews 12 and 11, says no discipline seems present at the time but painful. Every discipline is painful. And we don't like pain. We don't like discipline. But the Bible says later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Which helps us to understand that discipline is not to hurt us, but it is to train us. It is to keep us on the right path so that when situations and circumstances come, we can make the right decision. Yeah, that's why I like discipline instead of punishment. See, because discipline oftentimes is on the front end where punishment is on the back end. Uh. So all month we've been studying and seeing how God has formed us to flourish spiritually, relationally, materially, vocationally, and mentally. And just like a tree that is pruned to produce more fruit, sometimes God has to use spiritual shears to snip away the things keeping us from experiencing God's presence. Now, I understand that there are times when people in authority misuse their authority. I understand that. I understand that people sometimes go overboard with abuse and, you know, whether it's physical abuse or verbal abuse and what I love about it is that God is not like that, that we have a God that even though he disciplines us, he, he disciplines us for our good. Uh, y'all don't like that. Yeah, he disciplines us for our good. So the first week we looked at God, we looked at snipping the myth of more. Last week we looked at snipping uh, the broken pieces of our relationship. But this morning I want to talk to you about God's divine discipline. God's divine discipline. What makes it different is the fact that it's divine. Hmm. That it's not like man's. But when God does it, understand understand there's something significant about it because when God does it, he's trying to work some things out in our life. He's trying to bring us into that image that he desires for each and every one of us. He pries, he, he, his design is to bring us into the blessing that he's destined and promised for our life because some blessings are not going to come if we're out of the will of God. Uh, yeah, if we're out of the will of God. So when I was in business, I, I, I maintained uh, several properties. I told you I had a landscape company. I, I maintained several properties uh, that had this invasive weed called kudzu. Yeah, anybody know anything about kudzu? Uh, yeah, I've got a few people that know anything about know something about But But kudzu is an invasive weed. It's invasive because this thing is hard to kill once it gets going. I mean, I would take Roundup and, you know, spray Roundup on it, and, you know, it would turn brown, but it would come right back. Because it's invasive. Uh, it's invasive. It's invasive. Uh, it was introduced, this weed was originally introduced in the American Southeast to control soil erosion. But the weed ended up being a classic example of a plant that was introduced with good intentions, but has resulted in many bad outcomes. Yeah, this weed, also known as an inch or a foot at night, a foot at night, because you would see it in the morning and you would go back, and the next day you would come, it would seem like it had grown another foot. Because it's invasive. It, it's it spread and uh, it's, it, its goal, or one of its goals, is to out everything from native grass to fully, fully mature trees by shading from sunlight the need for photosynthesis. So it covers whatever the plant is or it covers the grass and grass needs sun to grow in order to live. So because it covers it and because it shades it, whatever is up under it cannot grow. So it receives all the nutrients that what's up under it should get, and therefore it continues to grow. But not only does kudzu affect other plants, it also affects our environment because it releases large amounts of carbon. It is said that the amount of carbon released as consuming 540 gallons of gasoline or 150 billion pounds of coal. So virtually, they're saying that kudzu actually causes climate control. Yeah, climate control. But like kudzu, what what I want to get to is that there is another weed that's withering through each and every one of our lives. Yeah, sometimes it is the consequences of our bad decisions. But worse yet, it is a weed of distrust of something we will call God's divine discipline. Yeah, because see, sometimes the creator wants to get our attention. Yeah, because if he leaves us alone doing our own thing, if he leaves us alone to act like we want to act, If he leaves us alone to talk like we want to talk, yeah, uh, and think like we want to think, understand we would be outside of his will. We would, instead of reaping good fruit, we would reap bad fruit. So sometimes God has to step into our lives and he has to bring about his divine discipline. I had last week some shears that were much smaller, but what we see here are larger ones. Yeah, can I suggest that our snips or pruning shears may be small, but when it comes to God, yeah, he has big snips. Yeah, he, he has to use something bigger in our life in order to snip off the things and circumstances and situations that we may encounter in life. So let's look at this. Let's look at this this morning. How do we think God snips things to shape us? Let's look at Genesis 2 and 8 through 9. Let's look at this this morning. It says, Now the Lord had planted a garden in the east of Eden, and there he put the man and he had, that he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So God creates the man and he puts him in the middle of the garden. Now understand when God created the man, he did not create the man just to be a robot. But he created man to think. He created man to carry about a a daily activity. He put him in the garden and he told him to tend to the garden. In other words, he gave man a responsibility. Anytime God puts us in authority, understand, he gives us a responsibility. He gave him a responsibility to have dominion, to rule, to work, to lead, and to create. Yeah, he gives him this. And he gives him this in order that he may be his representative ruler in the earth. That man was to rule. Man was to control things. Man was to be in charge, which means God has to hold man accountable. Yeah, let me bring it naturally. Anytime you put anybody in leadership, anytime you put anybody in a particular job, Understand, you give them specifics of of that particular role, and there's an expectation that comes along with it that you don't get in that you do anything and everything you want to do. I mean, even on jobs, when people put you in in, in a particular uh, leadership role, uh, a supervisory role, understand, they give you a job description, and they want you to follow that job description because there's going to be some accountability. That's how they measure accountability. Yeah, they look at that and see if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So God puts this tree, he puts two trees in the center of the garden, a tree of life and a tree of testing. Yeah, the tree of life represents life beyond the original life that God has breathed into humans and then granted them and grant human mortality. And the second tree is the tree of testing, yeah, which is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God gives Adam... Look at this. He gives them one rule, one command, one law. Somebody said that. One rule, one, rule. one, command, one command, and one law. one law. He tells them this in Genesis 2 and 16 and seven. He says, and the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will surely die. God says, you can eat from every tree. Yeah, yeah I, and I didn't, I didn't uh, short you on any trees. I, I feel the garden with a, a mass of trees, but this particular one. Yeah, you can eat everything else, but this particular one, I don't want you to uh, eat of it. So God gave him one rule, one command, one law, nothing negative about it, Uh, because he told him he could eat from any of them. Yeah, imagine this. I thought, imagine me having 10 luxury cars. Yeah, y'all, I want y'all to imagine this, really. Imagine me having 10 luxury cars. A BMW i7. A Range Rover Sport. A Bentley Flying Spur. A Ferrari. A Mercedes S-Class. A Rolls-Royce Ghost. A Bentley Continental GT. Uh, Somebody know what I'm talking about. A Rolls-Royce Spectra, a Rolls-Royce Phantom, and a Porsche Panamera. Imagine that. Imagine me having 10 of of those vehicles. But imagine this. Imagine me giving you 10 keys, one key to each vehicle. How many were like that? Okay, all right. And I tell you that you can drive it anytime you want to drive it. Go anywhere you want to go. Anytime you want to. But I put a stipulation on it that the Rolls Royce Phantom don't touch. You can have all of them. I mean, you can pick whatever you want to drive in the morning... Whatever you want to drive in the evening, whatever you want to drive for dinner, whatever you want to drive on vacation, you can drive all of them, but do not touch the Rolls-Royce Phantom. Yeah. I mean, what would you think about that? I mean, would at some point you, you question? Would at some point there be a question in your mind? I mean, why can't I drive the Rolls-Royce Phantom? I mean, he told me that I can drive everything else. I got the keys to everything else. I can drive it when I want to, where I want to. But every time you come in, you look in the corner, and you see that Rolls-Royce Phantom. Yeah. I mean, at some point in time, you would think, what's the big deal? I mean, he's giving me legal rights to everything else. Surely, I can drive that one. Surely he won't mind. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think that we would probably think about that. I think that that would drop in our mind. One reason is because because we are humans, often we as humans often lean toward the forbidden tree. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a, as a child, you, they told you that the oven was hot. But even though they told you it was hot, you just had to find out for yourself. Yeah. I, I, even though your parents told you that, uh, no, don't date them. Don't, don't, don't mess with them. But what happened? We just had to find out. We just had to have them. It is our nature. There's something in us that draws to the forbidden. That even though God has blessed us with plenty, even though God has met our need, oftentimes in our life we find ourselves drawing to the forbidden and therefore God sometimes has the release his divine discipline in our life. See, every one of us face tests. Not traps, but tests. Because I, I want to tell you that God didn't want to trap you, but he will test you. He, he, he will test you. He, he will test you. He, he will test and see what's inside of you. Huh. Yeah. He'll test us. Yeah, ever since the day... Ever since the humanity began, we choose our own way again and again. Instead of trusting to, trusting the loyal love of our heavenly Father, we often choose our own path. I mean, what if the tree was named something else? What if it was named Tree of a uh, 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 pleasurable or or and and what is sorrow? What what would would Adam and Eve? But they have still partook of that tree. Hmm. Something to ponder. Yeah. Because Adam and Eve's actions cause a fracture in their relationship with God. And oftentimes, our reactions, our actions, cause a fracture in our relationship with God. Instead of close proximity to God, they wanted to hide. Yeah, they wanted to hide from God. Instead of fellowshipping with him, they were engulfed with fear. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar when we have gone contrary to what God has called for our life? That we oftentimes want to hide from God? You know, I don't want to come to church. Yeah. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I, I, you know, I, 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 I've done something contrary. I, I want to ha- I'm scared of God. When God wants us to have a relationship with him, he, he doesn't want us to be scared of him. He doesn't want to be a father that we are scared to come to. No, he wants, uh, he wants uh, us to see him as a loving and a caring father that, will, that when we are going through our situations and circumstances that we are not afraid to come to him yeah have you ever disobeyed god and it led to drawing away from him look at what god said look at his response to adam and eve in verse 21 the lord god made garments of skin for adam and his wife and clothed them do you know god could have wiped them off from the face of the earth he could have destroyed them but instead He clothed them. (laughs) That's what I love about God. I mean, even the Bible tells us. Romans 3 and 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6 and 23 tells us, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I I, I mean, look at the person beside you and say, "They They deserve death. Yeah. Then look back at them and say, You did too. That's right. Each and every one of us understand. None of us, uh, none of us, have dotted every eye and crossed every T. Uh, we we failed God at some point of time in our life, and thanks be to God that He didn't wipe us off from the face of the earth. No, but He has clothed us. He has covered us. He's given us His grace and His mercy. Anybody glad about that this morning? Anybody glad that the grace of God covers you? Woo. Oh. I'm so glad because if I think back over my life, if I think about what I've done, if I think about all the things that i said that were contrary to God, if I think about the thoughts uh, uh, that I did not bring captive to, to the will of God, if I start going back down memory lane and start thinking about all of that stuff, surely I ought to be pushing up daisies right now. But thanks be to God that he's given me another chance, a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, only because of his grace. Uh, So let me give you a couple of things pertaining to God's divine discipline. The first thing I want to tell you is is that it's corrective, not punitive. It's corrective, not punitive. Let's look at this. Punitive means uh, an intended as punishment. In other words, it's a retaliation of something that you did. And I'm so glad that God didn't discipline me based on what I did. Mm. Uh, maybe you hadn't done some stuff like me. Huh? Uh, but, but, but I know what I've done. I know what I said. I know how I acted. I know, glory to God, that I was outside of his will. But I thank God that he didn't discipline me in retaliation to what I did. But the discipline came for correction. Because he does not want me to stay in that mindset. Now he does not want me to continue to walk down that same path. That's why I love God. That He's a corrective God. Now He's not out to destroy me. He's not out to uh, uh, to kill me. No, He wants my life corrected. Anything that I do that's wrong, He wants to make sure that I'm not found there next year or the year after. But I grow and I mature uh, by His grace and His mercy. Anybody glad about that on this morning? Ah. See, one thing is wrong with our penal system or our prison system is that it, 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 it punishes, but it doesn't correct. A lot of people go in and they come out the same way. It was intended to be a place of correction. Correction. I worked at the prison system for five years central prison. It was meant to be a place of correction. The Matter of fact, the symbol represented one going in and one uh, uh, coming out a different way. Uh, But oftentimes people went in and they came out the same way. And that's what caused them to have to keep coming back because there was no correction given. It was a place of punishment, a place of housing where they couldn't get out. They couldn't do anything they wanted to do. Uh, They had to eat what they were given. They had to sleep when they were were, were told to sleep. They had to get up when they were told to get up. It's good at punishment but not correction. Uh, But God's grace means A second chance. Uh, I don't know about you but I thank God for a second chance. Uh, Y'all ain't gonna help me this morning. Some of us are on our 999th chance Uh, but I thank God he keep on giving me chance after chance after chance. Uh, I'm here this morning because I got another chance. I took another breath this morning because I got another chance. I'm walking because I got another chance. I'm talking because I got another chance. I'm up here not because I've done everything right, but God keep on giving me another chance. Anybody thank God for a chance after chance after chance? As long as you got breath in your body, He's giving you another chance. You ought to, you ought to breathe in. You ought to thank God for a chance, uh, another chance. I don't know what chance you own, on, but I thank God for this chance. I thank God for tomorrow's chance, the next day's chance. Uh, His uh, his chances keep on getting sweeter and sweeter. I wish I had a witness in the building. Somebody ought to praise God for your chance. Ah, yeah, you ought to give Him praise for your chance, your chance. That's right, your chance. Uh, uh, You could have been dead and gone. You could have been knocked out. Glory to God, you could be decked outdoors, but look what God has done. You could be uh, having no job, but God, keep on giving you chance after chance out the chance somebody ought to praise God for your chance oh my God my God Ah. see when God's divine discipline takes place in our lives it's for the purpose of correction I mean Hebrews 12 and 6 says the Lord trains the one he loves my God he corrects everyone he accepts as his son So understand, when correction comes, it's only showing or validating your sonship or the fact that you are a daughter of his. (sighs) (sighs) I mean, Hebrews, uh, uh, the message translation says, it's the child he loves that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he also corrects. Uh, And I'm so glad, yeah, uh, that I got a God that corrects me. Uh, y'all ain't going to help me. I- I'm so glad that I got a God that corrects me. He he, he, he corrects me even though sometimes I don't want to be corrected. Uh, you know how we get. Yeah, we get in our own way. We know it's wrong, uh, but yet, uh, uh, you know, I still want to do it. You-, you know how this flesh is. Huh? But I'm so glad that he corrects me. Uh, anybody had to be corrected last week? Oh, man, never mind. <laughs> See, one of the reasons that God wants to bring correction is because, uh, see, our failure doesn't only affect us. See, God, God, oftentimes when we do things, we're just looking at our benefit. We're looking at how good it's going to make us feel, you know, and, uh, uh, what we're going to get out of it. But truth of the matter is, is that you're attached to some things. Whether it's a spouse, whether it's children, whether it's grandchildren, whether it's some friends, I mean, whether it's just people that are looking up to you, whether it's other members uh, of the church, understand you are attached to other things. And God understands this. He understands that when we fail, it doesn't only affect us. Every adultery, adultery doesn't just affect that person or those two people. Every lie. Doesn't just affect that person. All right. All right. A theft. Somebody breaks in and, and steals something. It doesn't only affect them, or the person. Think about it. All those people that are in jail now, it did not only affect them. All right. All right. A man was uh, uh, um, uh, a man was. What do they call that? On death row, he. No, no, he was executed. He was executed last week. Executed by gas. Y'all read that right? Y'all say it only knew. Executed by gas. The only one, the first time ever, that they used gas. They tried lethal injection before, but it didn't work. So they used gas. Can you imagine? It did not only impact him, but it impacted everything that he was attached to. It impacted his family and the the victim's family. Uh, So people are impacted by our decisions. So, God sometimes has to discipline us uh, in order to, uh, so there'll be less collateral damage. Less collateral damage. Because anything that we do, it impacts. Disobedient act doesn't only impact our lives. So, Adam and Eve wasn't the only ones hurt by their actions. The whole human race was hurt. We were hurt. We wasn't even here, but we were hurt. Glory to God. Your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, children down four or five generations that you have not seen, understand what Adam and Eve did in the garden uh, is going to impact their life. But I thank God that even though one man's sin brought death, there's another man that brought life, which is Jesus Christ. That you don't have to stay in the condition that you may be born in, but we got a God that if we accept him as our Lord and Savior, he can change our situation around. Can I get a witness in the building? So for that to happen, it's not about releasing. In fact, God wants us to draw closer to him. I mean, James tells us, James 4 and 8 tells us, if we draw now to him, he will draw now to us. So in order for God, in order for gold to be purified, understand it has to be tested. It has to, be t- it has to draw out the impurities. The more impurities drawn out, the more quality that the gold is. Woo! I mean, this is what Zechariah 13 and 9 uh, says, this third I will put into the fire I will refine them with silver and test them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say they are my people and they will say the Lord is our God. See, throughout history, understand the nation of Israel uh, seemed to turn against God. But God always had a remnant always have the remnant uh, that he took through, that he refined, that uh, he purified, uh, he took them through circumstances and situations so that they could come out as pure gold. Uh, so sometimes God will allow you to go through situations in order that you can come out as pure gold. Uh, he wants to burn out the impurities. He wants to burn out those things that are not like him, in order that when you stand in the mirror, you're not looking at him, but you, you're not looking at you, but you see him. You see specks of him. Uh, uh, when we, you're walking around and when you're talking, people may can't see Jesus, but they hear Jesus. Uh, they see him in, in, in your life, how you carry yourself. So God, that's what he wants. So God discipline is sometimes called his testing. The Hebrew word for testing is nasa. And it has the idea of proving the quality of something, usually by putting it through a trial of some time, of some kind. So God will use testing to snip off those things in our life that hinder us from being more like him, from being like the person that he predestined us to be. Uh, So he uses the test in our lives. I mean, we see this in the Bible multiple times. In Genesis, we see God tells tells Abram, uh, he tells him to go up to Mount Moriah and offer your son, your only son, unto me. That was a test. A test to see what Abraham was going to do. A test to see what Abraham truly loved. Did he love his son more than he loved God? Uh, So sometimes God will... Matter of fact, sometimes God will give us something and he'll want it back. Yeah. Y'all ain't going to help me on that. Uh, just to see where your heart is. Uh, just to see, do you love that more than me? Uh, yeah, I gave it to you, uh, but the same God that gave it to you is the same God that can take it away. Can I get a witness in the building? Uh, I mean, even that boss on your job that gets on your last nerve, uh, that tyrant, could it be? That God got you there for a test? Y'all ain't going to help me. Uh, I know we, we, try, we always trying to run from things, but could it be that God has got us right there because he's trying to prove us? He's trying to prune us. He's trying to get some stuff out of us. Uh, he's trying to get that love in us uh, that we can love him in spite of, that we can follow instructions in spite of, that we can walk in the job with a smile on our face instead of regretting it every day we wake up. I uh, wish I had a witness in the building. Uh, he will use sometimes finances to test you. Hmm. He'll use finances to test you. It's tough now. Yeah, but... Uh, Will I still trust God? Will I still believe he's able? I know my bank account don't look like I want it to look, but will I still praise him in spite of? Will I still say that he's good? Will I still magnify his name? Or do I have to come to church sad and busted and disgusted and want people to say, what's wrong with you? Y'all ain't going to help me. Uh, (laughs) But God is testing. He's testing us to see what we've learned about faith. We say we have it, but saying it is one thing. It has to be proven. It has to be tested. It has to be tried. I mean, to say that I have faith and, and to say that I have patience is one thing. But when that person get on your last nerve, will you still have patience? When the child don't do what you want them to do, Uh, When you're working on the job, or when you got a business and things not turning out the way, will you have the patience to wait? Will you let? Will you? Will you be able to let patience have its perfect work? Uh, God want to know: Will you stay the course? Will you still praise Him? So God tests us to refine us. I gotta go. He tests our character. He tests our faith. He tests our endurance and our obedience. Uh, and I know we don't like pain. No, we, 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 we don't like pain. But how but how many know pain is necessary? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm reminded of what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4 and 17. He says, for our light affliction is but for a moment. is working a far more exceedingly and eternal weight of glory. So every test, uh, can I tell you? Every test, uh, yeah, I know you think it's meant to, harm you but it's meant to bless you every test that you encounter every circumstance that you may be going through that God allows to come that it may not be the enemy but it may be God trying to test you to see what's in you so God does that in our lives Uh, so the enemy wants to make us to look at the test instead of looking at the outcome when the truth of the matter is that the outcome will be much greater than the test. Huh, y'all ain't going to help me. When you walked across that, when, the, when you had the exam, it was difficult. But when you walked across that stage, it brought you joy. Yeah, the, the, the exam was difficult, but the outcome was much better. Yeah, those of, those of you that had given birth to a child, the, the pregnancy was difficult. But when the child was born, you forgot all about the pain. Because it brought you greater joy. Uh, Y'all ain't going to help me. Uh, I mean, for those of you that are single, your weight, understand it's difficult. But the weight is going to be worth it when God gives you the right person. When he brings the right person in your life. Glory to God that you ain't got to look back and regret. You ain't got to look back and cry. You ain't got to turn over in the bed and say, what in the world did I do? God will make it worth while. I wish I had a witness in the building. <laughs> oh, I got to go. <laughs> Somebody in enemy wants you to think that God's out to harm you. When in fact, 3 John 1 and 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosper. God is after your prosperity in every area of your life. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to flourish in every, anybody wanna flourish in every area of your life? He wants to do this, man. That's why he tells us that we're the head and not the tail, that we're above and not beneath, that I'm going to bless you going in and coming out, that your covers are going to be blessed, that your children down through generations are going to be blessed. Deuteronomy is full of blessings. He tells us these things in order that we may have hope and live our life according to his will so that God can release the blessings that he wants to release in our lives because God is not going to release it in any kind of way. Oh. But he's, he loves us so much that he'll bring discipline to keep us right, yeah. to pull us back on the right path. Anybody glad about that on yeah. the day? So God is not a mean father. And I'm just about finished. He's not a mean father. So we can't put him in the category with earthly fathers. I mean, maybe your earthly father abandoned you. Maybe your earthly father abused you. But we can't put God in the same category because he's much greater. He's our eternal father. He's our heavenly father. Uh, So so God loves us in spite of everything. So God's divine discipline confirms your identity as a child of God. So God refines to make you a better version of you. How many want to be a better version of you? Which means there there are times we got to let discipline play its course. I know it's painful for a moment. But the greater reward would be beneficial. I, I, I know we itch to do things but could it be that God is saying not yet? Could it be that he's saying that it, it's not quite time. The last thing I'm gonna I'm deal with uh, it's affection not abandonment. So God's discipline, divine discipline is affection not abandonment. So discipline says God is really there and he knows your name. Isn't that something? He disciplined those he loves. I mean, who do you think loves you more? I mean, if if I'm a parent and I never chastise my child, I mean, which one one exemplifies love? Me letting them do things that's going to harm them or me disciplining them So that they won't do things that's going to harm them. That's a greater act of love when you're willing to step in and discipline. And that's what God does. He often steps into our life and he disciplines us because he loves us. Because he wants to bless us. Because he wants to do some greater things in our life. How many want God to do some greater things in your life? I'm closing. So what should we do? As, as I close, what, what should be our response to God? The first thing we should do is we should embrace it. God's divine discipline, we should embrace it. How often do we want out? But when we come out too quick, I mean, when you put a, a, a cake in the oven, I mean, I got some bakers in here. I mean, you put the cake in the oven, And the way you know it's done, you know, you take that toothpick, you stick it in that cake, and it comes out clean, you know what? It's done. But if you take it out early, it's not going to be good. Insides are not going to be right. It's going to fall. So sometimes we want out too quick. In other words, we're telling God, I don't want you to love me like you want to love me. Because discipline is love. So we got to look at it in a broader picture and say, Lord, have your way. Lord, I know you're not going to harm me. I know the discipline is meant for my good. I know it's not going to destroy me. But ultimately, I'm going to be able to shout what I may be crying about right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's what he wants because we're going to go through some things in life. So God wants us to embrace it. Second thing he wants us to do is let the word comfort you because the word of God helps to shape and challenge and console in discipline. I mean, scriptures like Romans 8 and 28, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. When I'm going through, I draw on scriptures that help build me up. When I can't see my way out, huh, I see myself to the word. Because I, when I get in God's presence and when I allow his word to work, it, 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 it brings healing. It brings some type of peace in the midst of what I'm going through. It may be difficult, I may have to cry, I may have to say ouch, but it's something about the Word of God. If I let it be applicable in my life, if I smear it over my life, if I smear it over my situations, if I let it uh, encompass my mind, I, I, I can think about it more than I think about the pain that I'm going through. Because the mind is powerful. The mind is power. The mind, if you think right, uh, understand the pain that you endure, you can suppress the pain with your mind. Uh, Y'all ain't gonna help me. That's how powerful it is. And that's our power for the Word of God if we let it work in our life, if we let it saturate our mind. Glory to God, if we wake up in the morning reading the Word of God, every now and then through the day, through the challenges that we're going through, when the boss act up, when the co-worker act up, when I get the phone call, if I can just find the Word of God, ah, the Word of God will bring me peace. I wish I had a witness in here. The Word of God will bring me comfort. It will soothe my soul by the Word of God. That's why David said, "I hide." your word in my heart that I won't sin against you. David understood the power of the word of God and that's what the enemy doesn't want. He doesn't want us to have the word of God. He doesn't mind us saying cliches and all these other things but we need the word of God. The Word of God is powerful, it's sharp, it's quicker, uh, uh, it's quick and sharper than any two-edged sword. Cut to the dividing of the bone, that the marrow of the bone, it will do the work uh, like no other thing in our life. If we let the Word work, look at somebody and say, let the Word work in your life. Let it work in your life. Let it work in your life. Let it work in your life. Because it'll make a difference. Oh my God. And lastly, is that there comes times in our life where we have to repent and receive God's grace for a second chance. Yeah. Yeah, repent. There's two things when it comes to repentance. There is confession and a turning. We got to confess our faults. Confess what we did. Confess it to God. You know, but the Bible also tells us Confess it to one another. And that's something that we don't like to know, like to do because we don't, we, don't, we don't want to let anybody else know where we've fallen. But the truth of the matter is, the Bible said we overcome by one another's testimony. Huh. When you know my downfalls, I know your downfalls. I can't judge you and you can't judge me. We're walking in this thing together and we look to God to give us both strength and power. Uh, it makes a difference. Because none of us, none of us in here have dotted every I and crossed every T. So they're gonna come some times in your life where you gotta fall down and you gotta ask God, God, I'm sorry. I didn't trust you. I didn't believe you. God, I did this. I did that. And I'm telling you, the quicker that you repent, the quicker that you'll come out of it. Because what the enemy wants you to do, he wants you to not repent. He wants you to wallow in that thing. Uh, any wound that's open that is not tended to understand is going to get infected. It's going to do damage to uh, uh, some other areas of the body. And that's what unrepentant sin does. It hurts some other areas of our life. We'll wonder how in the world did this happen is it because you didn't take care of that. Right. Uh. So like a good parent. God disciplines us because He loves us. And again, though it might be painful, it's going to work out for our good. Pruning is painful, but it helps the plant produce more fruit. Pruning in our life is painful, but it's going to help us produce more fruit. Glory to God. Can we give our guests the hand clap? Again, we thank God for all of our guests with us today. Uh thank God for our teen ministry. Uh, parents um uh, if, you, if you have a team, please make sure I uh, just go over to the annex uh for about a 15 minute meeting. Uh it's gonna be critical for our, our teens. I think they had an awesome time on yesterday. I saw some pictures and things. Uh had a good number that was there as well. Uh we thank God for our teen ministry and, and those that are leading our teen ministry. Um thank God for all of those that came out uh, this week for Foundation 101. Amen. A great support. Amen. As, as, as the announcement said, we encourage you to sign up for the next classes uh, as well. Uh, and thank God this is uh, the last week of the fast. Amen. Amen. Uh, no Wednesday. No Wednesday in the word uh, this week. Um, we'll pick that back up. or We'll pick services back up on Wednesday. Uh, the first Wednesday typically we don't have uh, any services on the fifth Wednesday so this is the fifth Wednesday Uh, so just take it and enjoy family uh, during this time Um, as far as the the women's ministry uh, sign up uh, you can actually go on the website Uh, there's a link singles I'm sorry singles Uh, there's a link on the website that you can actually scroll down to the bottom and click that link uh, to register sure got everything. Amen. All right. Everybody good? Amen. Come on and rest on your feet. Amen. We thank God for everything that's been said and done. Next week we look to conclude this series uh, and then uh, February is just going to be an awesome time. I uh, got a new series that we're going to dive into. Uh, we'll probably release that on next week. Uh, but God is, God is doing some wonderful things and we thank God. Father we're honored today. We thank you just being able to be in your presence, just being able to worship you and honor you and praise your holy name. Father, we pray that you would thank you for giving us your word. For the entrance of your word, give us light. So we thank you for it. God, we pray that we would hide this word in our heart that we won't sin against you. God, that we would be able to regurgitate it in our life as we go through life. So, God, we thank you. Bless everybody up under the sound of my voice. God, everybody that view this on social media, God, we, we speak into their life. Pray that you would do something supernatural, incredible in their life. Father, we're honored uh, just to be here. God, and as we leave this place, but not your presence, we pray that you would continue to be with us and lead us and guide us until next time. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Amen again. Amen to God's glory. God bless you. Have an awesome week in the Lord.